yourself and you will find We go together, we're two of a kind No use protesting, be resigned Baby, you know we're two of a kind I knew it when I saw you I felt it a little more when I talked with you at first All my blues dispersed I couldn't disguise My complete surprise When you were feeling it too I'm in love with you I'm in love with you
Stay, little 
Yeah, it's a genius of love. Um, <clears throat> and this is Bug House Square. And it's mini radio in a corner of 21st and Florida in a beautiful mission where it's it's always flat and sometimes sunny. And it's, it's dark now, but uh, it was kind of nice. Uh, now I got some nice sunsets coming in. Anyway, how are you doing? It's a love show. Um, just, you know, uh, just thinking about love, thinking about like what it's like to, to, uh, to be in love. I, it's one thing, you know, to, to experience love. I, I, I've heard there's people who've never have gone through lives without experiencing love. And, um, that's tough because, uh, love's good. Love's good. Love's hard. Love is, uh, <laughs> so many things. Love has inspired many to do uh the horrible and the, the magnificent yeah yeah so it's uh valentine's day next week i don't know what that means for me uh, i really don't um but with love in mind and uh you know uh geez you can't you can't uh <clears throat> You can't argue with with love, right? I mean, um, God, I don't know. It just it just feels so much better. It feels so much better, and it it seems it takes a little more effort, but it's but the rewards are so much better than than just like anger. <laughs> you know, anger takes effort and all that, but uh, I don't know payback anger is is deficient um let me get to these records so this is this is a uh uh a beautiful set that was for uh for your listening pleasure uh we had chet baker doing uh my funny valentine we had nina <clears throat> simone uh doing wild as the wind uh from the love is a drag we did uh, uh lover man uh, Spirit, we did uh, a couple of songs there. Love has found a way into um, uh, Why Can't I Be Free? Sid Barrett, uh, from the Peel Sessions, we did uh, uh, Two of a Kind. Paul McCartney from one of his first records, uh, Maybe I'm Amazed. Neil Young from uh, the uh, After the Gold Rush record, uh, I was thinking like, all right, it's got to have songs, got to have love in it, and then heart maybe too, and then there you go. Only love can break your heart. That's right. Uh, Janis Joplin and the uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company, and that's that's the song, right? Um, uh, Peace of my heart. That's that band. That's it. That 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 was the. Oh man, what an awesome tune! What an awesome tune! Uh, Wicked Picket, we did. Uh, I found true love from thank you, Lamar. <laughs> I'm busting that one out. Uh, best of Wilson Pickett. Uh, ZZ Top from the Tejas. It's only love, you know. Um, that's a great that what a awesome drumming on that. That's just great. The Golden Hearts from Is There Love on Mars? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, they're they're sending back data as we speak. Um, I don't know if it's been determined yet, but uh, is there love on Mars? The Golden Hearts, what a great record. Uh, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin 2, a whole lot of love. I don't think I've ever played that, but man, that is just like the heaviest song. That is an awesome tune. 
Led Zeppelin, a whole lot of love. Um, Romeo Void from the um, Instincts record we did, uh, Just Too Easy to Break Your Hearts. Um, that's a great, that's just, that's a good tune too. Man, that's, that's some good playing on there. Nat King Cole, uh, and his trio, we did, um, you call it madness. I call it love. Um, mothers of invention, Frank Zappa from the freak out record. We did uh wowie zowie talking heads from speaking in tongues. This must be the place. Joan Armatrading. Uh, uh, love and affection. David Bowie doing uh, uh, God, uh, Paul Williams. Uh, what is it? Fill, fill your heart. God damn it! Just fill it up, man. Fill it up. And we started off with the Beach Boys from the Pet Sounds. We did God only knows. So uh, I don't know if I'm gonna have time to to speak. As things go on, uh, we've got uh, Claudia and for coming by. Sounds like they will be here. I haven't heard anything otherwise, so they'll be around. Um, thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Uh, we're, no, um, we're not going to do any uh, Rise from the Basement today. Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, if you're coming to the website, of course, we're always begging for money. So this and that, uh, if you're live, come, come on down 21st in Florida. It's dark. Yeah, I don't know. The doors are open. Someone just came in and used the bathroom. So, you know, it's good. I, I felt like, you know, we're really contributing to the community. Uh, we're going back to this. Uh, what do I got? Uh, I got, I got, I got kinds of things cute. A winter's day In a deep and dark December Freshly fallen, silent shroud of snow I am a rock, I am an island I built walls A fortress deep and mighty Friendship causes pain It's laughter and it's loving I disdain
mais novo The absurd calls the vulgar In some kinds of love The possibilities endless And for me to miss one Would seem to be groundless What you said, Marguerite Hutton, and of course you're a boy, but in that you're not a charmless. For a boy is a straight liner that finds a wealth and division in some kinds of love.
sunlight hurts my eye And something without warning love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's all right with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be to fade When someone else instead of me Always seems to know the way Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gone Just the way the story goes 
cozy little corner Love is just around the corner When I'm around you I'm a sentimental mourner And I couldn't be forlorner When you keep me in the corner Just waiting for you You're cuter than Venus And what's more, you got us Let's go cuddle in a corner In a cozy little corner Love is just around the corner When I'm around you
down to her place near the river You can hear the boats go by You can spend the night beside her And you know that she's half crazy But that's why you wanna be there And she feeds you tea and oranges That come all the way from China And just when you mean to tell her That you have no love to give her Then she gets you And she lets the river answer that you've always been her lover And you want to travel with her And you want to travel blind And you know she will trust you For you've touched her perfect body with your mind Jesus was a sailor when he walked upon the water And he spent a long time watching from his lonely wooden tower And when he knew for certain only drowning men could see him He said all men will be sailors then until the sea shall free them But he himself was broken Long before the sky would open Forsaken, almost human He sank beneath your wisdom Like a stone And you want to travel with him And you want to travel blind And you think maybe Trust him, for he's touched your perfect body with his mind. Now Suzanne takes your hand and she leads you to the river. She is wearing rags and feathers from the Salvation Army counter, and the sun pours down like honey. And she shows you where to look Among the garbage and the flowers There are heroes in the seaweed There are children in the morning They are leaning out for love And they will lean that way forever While Suzanne holds the mirror Travel with her, and you want to travel blind, and you know you can trust her, for she's touched your perfect body with her mind.
Yeah, it's been Bug Out Square. Thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Stay tuned for Claudine the Loaf. I've been assured that they have uh, the most spectacular show set up. I mean, they agonize over this shit. It's amazing. Claudine the Loaf. Thanks for, uh, you know, whatever. Try to be as decent as you can and help those who can't. And, uh, uh, God, love, you know. It's just like, yeah, I know, it's kind of corny, but shit. It's, uh, that's right. I work every day of my life. I work till I ache my bones at the end. My on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. You've picked a winner again. Wow. We're here on Mutiny Radio as we stream every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen to us by typing in mutinyradio.fm and hit listen live. We are also available as a podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, our acronym, and we are on iTunes. Also, I should mention, Carl, there is a way that you can find the live stream feed uh, uh, M3U uh, address and add it into your uh, podcast, Uh anything that listens to live feed. So you can listen to it separately from the, the browser, but you can just go to mutinyradio.fm. That's the quickest way to listen to us live or download our podcast. You can get to the link there. You could also uh, donate 
hit the donation button. We appreciate you donating to via Patreon or uh, through Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Carl, we are watching a full-length movie on YouTube with mm -hmm. our audience. We mm -hmm. ask the audience to listen to the podcast and then watch the movie on YouTube at the same time. At mixed same media. Time. We're we're reappropriating media. We want to watch a movie with you. And apparently this movie is a real winner. <laughs> uh, Carl, what is the movie this week? <clears throat> this week we will be watching. You must be joking, 1965. That's what you put in YouTube search engine. You must be joking. 1965. The channel we like is Michael Keeley. All right. Michael Keeley is the channel on YouTube. Go ahead and type in, you must be joking. You 1960. Must you must be joking. 1965. Once you find that link, click it, hit pause, move the timer to the left, and then wait for us to say go. That's a lot to do, but don't worry. We are very excited to bring up our one of our great features. So Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Mm -hmm. uh, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Warren. Welcome, Chris. Hey, everybody. My name's Chris Warren. So happy to be here with the great Carl. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great, and I love that you started that way. I even asked you to start that way because that's the way you start your stand-up routine. I'm curious. You always seem to start the same way. What's going on there? Yeah, so that's something I've, I've pretty much been doing since I started stand-up. Uh, what happened was when I, like, you know, on the first month of stand-up, I would just do comedy at these open mics and, like, bars and restaurants where people were not expecting comedy, didn't want comedy, were, you know, yeah. ordering drinks, having side conversations. Uh, and, you know, it was hard to get their attention. So I would just start the set off by yelling, you know, my name as loud as possible. <laughs> they'd, they'd, they'd look over, and then I knew I had, like, about 30 seconds to hook them. Yeah, so it, was, it was just by necessity, honestly. It's a technique. I hear you. It's not branding. It's not marketing. It's hooking them. Exactly. And now people come to expect it. You know, you can't let the people down. You cannot, right? That is the first rule of Chris Warren. Now, you are not a Jersey comedian. That's who I'm often interviewing on this show. You are a Connecticut comedian. Now, what town do you live in out there? I live over in the beautiful, sunny city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Rock the 203 every day, baby. <laughs> so that's really far. Now, the thing is that, like, I count you amongst, like, our clique. I mean, we've got common friends, right? We've got Luke Rothschild. We've got Anthony Quinn. I mean, these are Jersey, New York. Well, those two are New York, right? But y why is it that you travel so far uh, to come here for comedy? Um, well, I just think for, you know, everyone does comedy a little differently for me personally. I, uh, I want to get in front of new places as much as possible. Right. Cause it's like Connecticut where I'm from, not the biggest state. We have a, we have a nice scene. I, you know, I like Connecticut's comedy scene, but it's not very mm -hmm. big. It's like the same 20 people I see at the same four mics every week. Uh, so that's, you know, that gets to be old pretty quick and there's only so many shows that are booking out of Connecticut. So at a certain point, you know, there's only so much you can do. You got to get out, go somewhere different. So if I could go to, you know, if I can only do four mics a week in Connecticut, that's not really enough to uh, try to get better, in my opinion. So it's, okay, I'll go to Jersey this week. I'll go up to Massachusetts this week, out to Rhode Island sometimes, over to, you know, 
the Hudson Valley over to New York City. It's like all these places are roughly an hour, hour and a half away. It's not the end of the world. So I might as well get out, try different things. And you meet all sorts of new comics like yourself, Carl, make new connections, uh, get in new rooms. You know, I've, uh, I've, I've got, had a very good experience with going to new places. Now, way back when it was pre-pandemic, a bunch of comedian, co Connecticut comedians, maybe four or five of you, would show up at the Reserve Club once or twice. And and, and uh, some of those Connecticut comedians were on Late Night with Anthony Quinn. They were on uh, King of the Mountain at Scotty's in, in Springfield. They've all withered away. You're the guy who keeps coming out. This is dedication to craft, and I commend you for it. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, to be honest with you, a lot of those guys um, just don't do comedy anymore. Um, wow. Huh. Pandemic yeah. or who knows? Uh, some of them, the pandemic, I mean, everyone's different. Just kind of taught them that this wasn't really what they wanted to be doing with their life. And that's okay. You know, it's their choice. Some of them moved because of the pandemic. I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of people, some of them just disappeared. I, I you know, haven't heard from them since. So you never know. Yeah. So I think it's really great that you come out an hour and a half isn't too much. That's certainly true. And you get yourself in front of a bunch of strangers. See if your jokes work to a different group of people. Exactly. Okay. Now, Chris Warren, how do people find you out there on the internet, out there in social media, the Instagrams, the Snapchats? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Chris Warren Comedy on instagram that's chris warren comedy uh, and i post all my shows up there all my dates for the month are up there so you can come find me mm -hmm. doing shows uh all over new england new york new jersey so hopefully somewhere near you come out and say hi now we just did a show together right uh we went down there the the open mic uh, i it, they never canceled it even though the host didn't show up because of a covid fear or something we got up in front of a, day, a bunch of strangers the three of us right luke you and i and it went horrible i felt right nobody was paying attention this is the stuff that toughened you up yes yeah i mean that uh, i mean it sucked but you know that is uh as much as it'd be fun, right, to do mm -hmm. a real show in a real club every night, that's uh, not where we're at right now. <laughs> so you got to do some open mic comedy every now and again. And uh, open mic comedy can be very brutal. And that was a night, perfect yeah. example. This, uh, we were at this little dive bar in New Jersey. <laughs> Raritan. Uh, Raritan, New Jersey. My Raritan, God. New Jersey. And uh, there were a bunch of guys watching the college football game, <laughs> and they did not like that comedy was interfering with that very much. That's right. That's right. And they just came out to, you know, their local watering hole, and we invaded and um, but it, it toughens you up. It, it, it was still, you know, and you worked the crowd. I really didn't hear. I heard material towards the end, but you knew you read the room and you started with your intro and you and you worked the crowd. I thought that was very, very uh, clever. I didn't do that. I, I appreciate that, Carl. Yeah, it's just um, I've done comedy in so many weird places. Like, you know, there's just you kind of read when a room is not wanting comedy. It, it, it doesn't really benefit you to do a setup punchline kind of joke because they're yeah. not paying attention. So you want to try to uh, get them involved as much as possible. And granted, they didn't give me very kind answers to my attempted <laughs> crowd work with them. Uh, a lot of fuck off. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do is exactly what you did. OK, now out there on Instagram, it's Chris Warren Comedy. 
Now, Chris, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie. They're ready to press play at the exact same second that we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Warren, and give me that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, will do, guys. Everybody ready? Hands on the remotes. Three, two, one, play. All right. Is this simply movie's logo going to be in the entirety of this movie? This is Columbia, and it um, will not be the entirety. Okay, that's good. Oh, yes. Yeah, simply movies? Yo, that guy? Yeah. 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 That's what yeah. he did to us. Well, did at least you brought us. Time? That is the woman from Hudson Hawk. <laughs> that's exactly and In the opening right. credits. She now is in this opening credits. Oh, these are real people. I don't know who he is. I know that guy, Lionel Jeffries. That's right. You do. These are all our show. Oh, really? Was, there's uh, the butler from Training Places. I recognize yeah, Elliot. Saw him on our show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, special appearances, not just starring. Right. Special They're like well-known English guys, and they show up. Ooh, now introducing. These credits are going crazy. Oh, and guest star. We have yeah, a guest, he's star, not a guest star. He's throughout the whole thing. I don't get that. They had special appearance of introducing, right? Yeah, uh, then guest it's star. Very British. To do is this a movie like or that. TV show or it's variety a special? And they shot in black and white because it was cheaper and it was accepted. I mean, we've had color since the '30s, but people would still have a black and white TV. They would go to a black and white movie. It was done to save a lot of money. That's absolutely right. There was, you know, you had color TV, but most people have black and white TVs. Mm -hmm. That's why you would see these commercials on for television, for color television shows in black and white. They just figured either way, it's going to reach the audience. Why pay in color? They're, are these the actual people you think? Yes. Michael Winner. He's the director. And he came up with this idea, the story. He got someone to script it for him. Right. He would go on to do Death Wish, and it's like two of its sequels. Yeah, no, I remember him from the Electric Boogaloo, the Canon Pictures story. He passed away, unfortunately, when the film was released uh, by mm -hmm. 2014. And he wasn't introduced. But a lot of people had a lot of negative stories about him and his director style and just the way he was uh -huh. uh, on Death Wish and just the kind of nihilism that his stuff had. And exactly. I, I know that he was like a celebrity restaurant critic and he has a lot of Me Too like charges. Paper, right. Yeah. He was a little bit of a celebrity. Yeah, he was on TV a lot and he would go on talk shows and be snobby. Okay, so this uh, general just showed up who says is a special guest. He's not. And he's like, you there! <laughs> That's the man I was promised! Begging your pardon, sir? Snap you. <laughs> you know, it's all Are you doing your Terry Thomas impersonation? Yeah, he showed up to pick up right now. He's like, oh, dreadfully sorry to interrupt your your car, you know, meeting of the minds. <laughs> he re he reminds, yeah, he's great. And he it was says, in yeah, precisely at sport sixteen hundred hours. It is now sixteen hundred and twenty hours. He he reminds me of uh uh well I, I'll say once the plot line is revealed but 
there's a John uh, Cleese movie with a scavenger hunt, and John right. Cleese plays the guy who introduces the instructions, and he does it, you know, in his normal Terry Thomas esque manner. Right, right. Now this guy Terry Thomas was he he's throughout the whole thing. He was the English character actor. You know him well. You see the gap in his teeth. He was in sure. Mad Mad World. Right, right, which was like two years ago from this movie, like '63. Now he's not a star. This guy we're meeting. He's an American. He's not the star of it, but he is like uh, Colombians fisted on having him. They thought he was going to bring it to America. Well, I never heard of this movie, so I guess it didn't succeed. Yeah, that's right. And and, and the director says some snotty thing about him. <clears throat> right. What a winner. Okay. You know, I can. Uh, Charles Schneer liked the Hackney script. Agreed to make it a deal you had with Columbia. Columbia insisted that Michael Carlin play a lead role. Winner called the actor a nice fellow who didn't sell the film in America and didn't help it in England either. Meow. 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 Goodness. Uh, Sit up maybe, in your chair. Maybe that was just poor direction. So we have uh, a Scotsman, an American. Yeah, we're meeting another guy who has to report to this base for some reason. All right. And we're just learning he's like silly, over pompous, military, takes himself too seriously, is a little delusional because of it. No, uh, and he's wearing a kilt, so he's going to, there'll be some up kilts shots, I imagine. Well, this is an army. Someone's bound to get kilt. Oh, you know, in this world, it's kilt or be kilt. <laughs> it's helter filter out there man that's one great thing about cocktails are the garnishes like you could get the pickled cauliflower you could just... yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of my hey. bloody berry with yeah. olives deep in the goo <laughs> i have to use my finger hey well can you give me a celery so i could get the carrot the olives out thanks hello i'm fitzroy tabasco Goodness. <laughs> now these guys are supposed to recognize everybody, right? Like this is well, one of those. Uh, you certainly recognize Denim, and no, you're not. If you were English, yes, you'd know him. Right. All. Like but if we were watching, Denim, he was in Dick Van Dyke. Um, he was in our movie in um, The Prisoner of Zenda. Right. That's right. Oh, right. He was in Prisoner of Zenda. The the Scottish guy here. Yeah, and Mary. Definitely. Was it Mary Poppins? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He was the grandfather of Dick Van Dyke. That was an amazing. I, I'm still waiting for them to make a car like Chitty Chitty. <laughs> Everybody knows you and cars. You got that Bang Bang. People always derail that movie, but you know what? Stop making kids movies. Maybe we won't have to deal with that. You got to crank out movies for children year after year. Are you going to come up with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? How about we just <laughs> stop? The kids have plenty of movies. Just reissue them. Save money. Near, far, in a motor car. I'm not sure what that is from. Oh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, right. Okay. I All I remember is... Uh, how, what, Chitty Chitty guess, Bang Bang, we love you. Chitty Chitty Near, Bang Bang, we love you. When Near, I saw as a kid car, in a motor car. Oh, that's the next line. We love you. As a kid, I'm like, this is the worst movie I ever saw. And then I oh, went, really? whoa, I had an erection. It was like my first bad movie. 
<laughs> What's but happening? I'm, I was fooled by that movie, and it was all colorful, and then it fucking flew. Right, but it was terrible. Oh, all right. Yeah, we'll have to rewatch it. Maybe I'm sure it won't hold up for me. And I was just a little kid. Right. I, you, I, I like it because I was like, I have a good one. I love those two lyrics from that song. <laughs> <laughs> so what are they? They're planning. So this is the plot. They they hired they got all these military guys from different countries or what have you. Yeah. Are they like all like army or navy or they're all the branches. And then you got the my fair lady guy up there, the general, being yeah. like, This is the age of nuclear war. However, I'm sure you would agree that there wouldn't be a scrape on the ground or two. So like the idea is, you know, how do we test you? Uh, your medal as a soldier. So what they're going to do is pretend that there was a nuclear bomb. The country is devastated. They have to go out with a list of six scavenger hunt type things to put into a, like a time capsule and be buried forever to preserve England. Oh, like a bag of chi- uh, crisps? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> one of them is like ducks. Like uh, in many English houses, they have these ceramic ducks. Hanging on the wall. Oh, that's okay. great. So I would get you know, a Billy Bass space. <laughs> right. No, you know the hood ornament on the Rolls Royce? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of them. Oh, like the BC Boys. Remember the, uh, people in England were like stealing the Volkswagen uh, logo yeah. from the cars because they could dress like 1987's BC Boys? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... You they also one of them is a lock of hair and an autograph from this French porn singer named Sylvia Tarnett. Now, why is that English? I don't know. Well, we saw a lot of like we like to watch movies from England during the sixties, especially like the swinging, yeah. you know, London scene and yeah. the sex comedy. So maybe that's that angle. The greatest but, thing for me about this film is all the accents. Which we're not gonna listen to for the most part. Right. So they're, they're, he's saying, like, if there's a nuclear bomb, we want to see you guys collect items for a time capsule to see how you would survive and just resor- how resourceful you are. To me, yeah. Now, it's a stupid premise because they're going to go out there into the real world, not a nuclear war world, and they're basically going to go get the stuff. It is a scavenger hunt. It doesn't make sense. And then they win something, whoever gets the scavenger. So yeah, this is they, like, get a, they get a, um, a a trip around the world with a partner, and they also get, like, promises of promotion, promotion, promotion. It, it's never defined. So this is like it's a mad, 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 mad world with yeah. Terry Thomas from two years ago. But this yeah. time it's different comedians, British comedians. Well, it's England. It's so England. So this is like rat race. This is what I'm talking about. Like John Cleese gave the instructions of what you need to do to win the game. Uh-huh. And you know, the one fun one of the great moments of that movie, he goes, Go. And then like looking at it, he goes, Go. And he goes, yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was a good song. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have to see that again. Well, I saw that in the theater in 99, like, you know, best movie year ever. But I recently showed that to my kid thinking, like, I kind of like this comedy. Maybe this is like a modern day mad, 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 mad world. And there's a scene where this woman 
catches her husband having an affair in a jacuzzi and she's overhead in the helicopter. So she lowers the helicopter to break open the uh, above ground jacuzzi, outdoor jacuzzi. And like, it was like, eh, it's what's so funny with all this destruction. I was like, oh, how great. <laughs> you know, it didn't hold up. No, it didn't hold up. Didn't know in why. A way. In a disappointing way. Yeah, like it didn't see the comedy. Like, uh, what was so funny with destruction? Like, you know, dumb slapstick. Because the movie was a lot of destruction. Uh, was some good. I loved <laughs> slapstick. I just do. I well, do too. You know, it's fake. You know, it's a presentation to, and it's called entertainment. You know, it's pretend on TV. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you sit there and think, I don't know, there is empathy though. Well, I don't know. I just believe that nobody's really getting hurt. Like, it's all fake. So. Right, and not only that, like, when there's chaos, like, things get destroyed and car chases, it's more action for me uh -huh. than, like, haha -ha comedy, but it's funny action, so therefore it falls under comedy. Right. And, you know, the rhythm of it, like, a fight always has, like, great choreography in a movie, and you have that visual kick of it, and that's the fun of the movie. So if a car smashes into a fruit, bass, a fruit stand... Yeah, when a guy who gets shot falls gracefully, you know it's a movie. Right. But, you know, when Smokey drives his car through a, a plate glass window that two people are carrying, it's funny, I guess. <laughs> All right. Children. Okay. Enjoy the corn maze. Watch out for the children in the corn. Right. Now, our upperclassman, you know, Elliot Dellum. Yeah. Denholm Elliot. Of course, he's sitting his ass on the bench. He's already, you know, making preparations and arrangements for his people to get him out of there. There's a, I love how there's a bench in a maze. It's the That's, center. Oh, so it's not like a cheat, like if I pass by the park bench. <laughs> I guess it is the center. Yeah. I read a history of mazes, like, and how these, these corn mazes are made. And mm -hmm. they're mostly made to get tourists, you know? Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Yeah, well, you know what? You, you, you do get lost in it. <laughs> yeah, and you, it's, you can't go backwards. You know, it's not, yeah. a, it's not a, in the newspaper. Well, I was like, I want to start from finish and go, from, you know, trace my finger. I'm like, no, sir. I would never do one of these mazes in the winter if it was lightly snowing just a little bit because I would be in the shining. That's right. It gets a little spooky. I yeah, love this slapstick. Really spooky. Now, you're talking about slapstick where nobody gets hurt. He's just pole yeah. vaulted. He pole vaulted. He said, for Scotland. He pole vaulted. What is that? And he smashed through a greenhouse. And then he started reprimanding the guy who was like, what the fuck? He was like, stop up straight, so <laughs> You know, it's, not, it's so English. Oh, my goodness. So our... Elliot Dellum, our aristocrat, has right. now given orders to, like, a soldier. Deliver this for me, chop, chop, straight away by private messenger. Right? So, United States government guy just did it. We've been in these movies of England before. Like, it's about class, right? So that's the comedy, is these different people, different classes trying to escape a corn maze. Yes. 
that comedy and the different branches, they contrast each other, you know? The American sticks out like a sore thumb. When you're listening to them, you think you're listening, you're watching like uh, I Dream of Genie's, um, I don't know, he's just so American of the day. This is 65, so it's like setting up for, I don't know, I guess this guy didn't hit in the end, right? So the note reached the person, they brought a fucking chopper. I love it. Now everyone wants that chopper. Right. And everyone's going to get it. And they don't, well, you know what, that's it. Fuck for one person. Wow, look at this. So is this funny, this image? They have a real people dangling. Do you, you know, that has the crazy music probably, or I don't know. I do find it funny. It's a spectacle. I like seeing movies and if there's going to be explosions and car crashes, sometimes, you know, it's supposed to be funny. It's a funny premise. This is a funny premise. It's just not like in a chortle. I don't know. It's, it's like weird. you're going into a pretend place for entertainment value. So it's right. like, you know, it's a fake movie. Even if it was a nuclear explosion, you know, it's a fake movie. So you can, okay, watch how they get hit by the trees and the director kind of cheated us or the cinematographer. Oh, they're on a human fox hunt? Ooh, this is like the hunt. Right. Yeah. Now they're giving everyone a mile. <clears throat> you can't be within one mile of this base starting, you know, with, uh, in one hour. So now these guys are just scrambling to get off base. So they both got bonked <laughs> off the chopper. They all got bonked off the chopper into the woods. Now, this scavenger hunt, do they have to pick the items in a particular order? Or can they just... Except for one. There's one they're going to be asked to get that they don't know about yet. They're all supposed to go to this hoity-toity organization thing uh, and ask for a message. Oh, um, I, have more, I have more questions regarding their scavenger hunt. Do you have to know the bride to be part of this uh, scavenger hunt at no. the, the bachelorette party? No, you don't have to know the bride. So this is not a bachelorette party. Something borrowed. Okay. Now, do you really have to be like, are you from the city, man? Like, do you have to be a native? You have to be born in San Francisco and the clues are like, this place has a picture of something on the second floor. And you're like, oh, that's Ireland's 32, obviously. <laughs> Anyone from the city would know that. Like, is it an obscure city hunting? No, it's all British stuff. Gotcha. Have you done a scavenger hunt? When was the last time you did a scavenger hunt? Uh, like when I was, you know, like a teenage, early 20s. I don't know. Did you do one for your children? Like, hey, kid, we have a family activity. Uh, probably. I don't yeah. have a memory of a scavenger hunt. I always thought it was kind of like busy work. But, you know, I think it's fun when you when you try to find things in the city, like, uh, or your your neighborhood, like just little details, and you'd be like, uh -huh. "Oh, of course," or like you know, it's it's kind of clever. Uh, our man, my our man Godfrey, my man Godfrey mm -hmm. was uh, like a nineteen forties. Uh, okay, wait, I have to interrupt, right? Okay, right now a real fox hunt is fucking up the army. Okay, <laughs> but go ahead, back. <laughs> oh well, so they they have a scavenger hunt, and one of the items they they have to find the upper class is a homeless man. Uh -huh. And they find this guy and he stays on as their butler and winds up that, you know, his life was ruined, but he had a, a history of his own. And, uh, 
but it was just funny that like you know these it was so like the hoity-toity during the depression were like uh, yeah scavenger hunt was to find a, a bum as in the parlance right that's so robber baron yeah The old British gag. Is he going to, like, stop drinking or something? This is um, great, no, Carl. I know exactly why you thought that. Yeah, like, usually James Bond drives by and the guys are drinking and fishing, and then when he he drives by his car in the water, he, like, throws the bottle in the water. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. This guy's in a wetsuit. Have you ever walked in a wetsuit? It's fucking painful. Ooh, nice yeah. uh, jagged swipe. Okay, now this is the guy who didn't get picked up by the chopper, and his joke the whole time will be... He's digging uh, a hole? Right, and he'll get caught. So you have to be one mile away from the <laughs> base, okay? So our American has done that. Now he's in the process of stealing clothes to get dry. I always like it when they hang up their sheets. It's like a dressing room. Yeah. Now, he's got oh. a little BB pellet, you know, yeah, blow, the British. blow gun. Is that what it's called? It's BBB, British BB guns. Oh, I yeah. I remember BBB1. BBB. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That's really played. Well, you would say, you would announce it. You would say, this is BBB1. <laughs> <laughs> Our broadcast day. This is... <laughs> Service B base. Well, that's more like a radio guy. Oh, the old room. So now he is calling his girlfriend, okay? Uh huh. Who is really nice. Uh, and she's helpful and great. Now, he's not supposed to have any help, but none of them follow the rules. So no, well, this seems like very arbitrary. Well, she's going to be a player in the whole thing. Whoa, look at this. Whoa, look at her go. Who can turn the world on with <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Oh, no, is she driving? This is 1965. Okay, the car so, is to pass her. Right. Her comedic joke throughout the whole movie is she just fucking obliviously has crashes and threatens lives. And, you know, she's a nuisance. She barks the wrong places. Jesus, talk about nostalgia. I can't even think of a good woman's driver joke. It's been Look years at that. since. <laughs> what uh... you just did. Jesus Christ. No, I'm being American there. Right. Jiminy Cricket. Okay, listen. One of the things on the list is an English rose. Now, it's called the, like, Sir Royalty Snooty name. So they think it's a person. So oh. he's there to look up the... He's, yeah, um, he's looking. <laughs> the skirt of... No, to look up the name of this royal person. Excuse he's at the library. You? Yeah, he's at the library. Now, this is the mom he stole the pants from. He doesn't She's know a, it. Really? Yeah. It's a small town. But the fucking kid knows it. Hello, I'm an innocent dummy American. Yes, <laughs> well, I'm pompous. Hey, I'm looking for a book. I think he fits this picture fine. I don't know why the director needs to shit on this guy. He's not He's not trying to hitch a star off this movie. Maybe it's right. the movie's fault it didn't launch his fucking career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because people continue to act. 
you know, he doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to, you got a bunch of like, this, this is an all-star cast and they put an unknown in there. Big deal. Yeah. They were just really pissed big. that it was American, you know, that they were trying to go for an American audience, pander to an American audience. You know, this is really quite funny, his condescension. If you ever get to see this movie without us. Sure. So now the mom, you know, she goes, take off those pants. <laughs> what? And he goes, I have that effect on women. I just can't explain it. <laughs> American. Those are my husband's clothes. This is sort of coincidence. Ooh, now, see, I can't do that. I can't jump into a car like that. Well, you're not, I mean, we're not 20, maybe he's 31. He can do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're getting like, what is oh, that? Oh, no, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm old. Say I just don't want to be in a car with a woman driving. <laughs> Goodness, Michael, I'm shocked. Look, look at her, she can't how, drive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's fake in a movie. It's a comedic point, and it's an of an age in which they weren't sensitive to stereotypes. So shame on them, and let's enjoy. <laughs> well, let's get a Rolls Royce. Oh, so they're going to steal the hood of the Rolls Royce at the dealership? Well, yeah. You see, the guy who's trying to buy here, he's uh, where is he? Ah, there he is. His name is Lee Montague. You might have seen him in Space 1999. Nope. Uh, he was that in that miniseries called Holocaust in 78. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was like those roots and then it was Holocaust. Yeah, he's Staff Sergeant Mansfield. And so his comedic thing throughout is he's going to get everything he needs. He's going to buy it, but he's going to use army requisition for it. You know, that's like a you can invoice the army. So oh, so buying the hood ornament. He should just buy everything else, right? Call it a day. Go. That's Amazon. what he will do. That will be his community. He goes, I don't think that's quite right, Guild, sir. That's better than money, I tell you. He just cheats. He just buys his way. Well, I don't know. He is the uh, staff sergeant. Okay. Right. So it is in his power to like, no administration, which means like expense reports and shit. There's, and there's a sense of urgency. Do they have to complete this? Be well, the yeah, two days, 48 hours. Huh. Oh, I like this arboreum. Well, this is where they're going to find that snooty named. We'll get some like I'm shocked nun jokes, you know. Yeah, well, I'm going to pass. I want none of that. <laughs> We've said that joke too much. I, none more. None, none more. Post the Raven. We none said that. More. So we said uh, that joke. I think we said it's none of them. Lady McDonough. Lady McDonough. Lady Frances McDonough. That's what it was. I think. I, I think I would hope it's a federal crime to steal plants from an arboreum. That arboreum mm -hmm. should be like part of a federal. Protected. Yeah, there ought to be a law, don't you think? There is, like, of course, you can't do what he just did. You're no, right. it wasn't. <laughs> Look, someone took it from before us. Yeah. 
hello, we're going to pretend to lie and stuff. <laughs> we're Americans. Can you explain what these things are? They're oh, she's, flowers. She's so English, but he's oh, American. Yeah, yeah, she's so English. It's, Goodness, it's so hot in here. I'll have to take off all of my clothes. The nuns go, oh, 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 oh. Arboreums do get, it does get hot in arboreums. You know, a lot of yeah. it's natural lighting. It was built, you know, in the 1800s or something before electricity even. For more information about the Arboretum, <laughs> visit the Arboretum Welcome Library. to Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this oh. is our Arboretum. I didn't see you come in. I'm churning butter, which was common at the time. <laughs> I mean, it's common in my time is what I meant to say. I need this job. You know, in Colonial Williamsburg, I am the butter churner, but I'm on my break. I'm Mike and I'm on my phone. <laughs> okay, so God. he's doing the, she wants the rose. So she's doing this ruse. This is all in the service of her American boyfriend, by the way. I got to bring that up for the end of the film, okay? Okay, so she's doing it for her love of her life. So they're going to they're gonna win the prize and go off together. I got you. So he, she has, like, run up to him going, Oh, Leo, it's wonderful to see you, Leo. And kiss, 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 kiss. And he goes, Madam, please contain yourself. And she goes, Oh, <laughs> it's me. It's my eyes. You're not him at all, are you? And she's like, what can I ever do to make it up to you? <laughs> Let me give you a ride into London. That's quite right of you. Here we what go. What is Laurie? What's your story, Morning Glory? Uh, Laurie? You see how it rolls through with that swipe? They might... They must have, the swipe, these swipes are so obnoxious. Not since oh, okay. Star Wars have been so self-conscious. There's like jagged swipes and there's like a, uh, we hate Caddyshack. Terrible movie. <laughs> Why is he busted? He just escaped. Okay. What, the, what did he escape from? He was within one mile. That's of... ridiculous. Yeah, but the MP doesn't know that. That's bullshit. So they, yes, the MP does know that. So they, they put him back into the maze. Oh, this guy will never leave. Right. And that's going to be his whole joke. So here's Denim. So he's rich, right? So he's got right. So a brother. He's, right. He's gone yeah. back to his hotel. Or he's either getting a hotel or this is a place he resides at often. Darling, how are you? Look what? at that little dog. <laughs> little dog. She hugs him while holding the little dog around him. So cute. How much do you think that little dog would be? That's a pretty, pretty high-end dog, right? <laughs> a pure breed. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Probably yeah. like, I don't know, today, maybe $4,000. Damn. If you, with all his shots and his papers and everything. <laughs> <laughs> do you like my hair? I do. I say I do. Okay, basically now, what, what, what Elliot Denham is doing is he's having everyone around him go fetch him things, right? Oh, so he, he great. Yeah, of course. So he's because like, he go bring me the hood ornament of the Rolls Royce, of your father's Rolls Royce. And she's like, oh, but I'm starving. Can't we eat first? This will only take you but 30 minutes. To, but <laughs> an hour pass. <laughs> I love it. 
I have some things for you to arrange. You can count on me, sir. Go get these ducks. <laughs> all right, all right. So it's the flower is the Lady Macbeth. It is yeah. the uh, the duck, right? Yeah, that's what uh, like a decoy duck, right? It's uh, the Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. And it's, then check this one out. It's an electric hare, a rabbit from a greyhound race. Oh, cool! Yeah, it is the lock of hair and the autograph of a French pop singer. And then it's another item they don't know yet. Well, you know, the director wasn't allowed at the racetrack because uh, they were nervous. He was he was a born winner. <laughs> That's right. You you cannot your your money's no good here, sir. Yeah, I think I said that backwards. Can I help you? Yes, I'm Mr. Winner. Well, aren't you cocky? Well, the house will not honor your request, sir. <laughs> now, please allow the next patron, please step aside for paying customers. You know, I prefer director, director Michael Loser. More to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I don't use high-definition film. Like, all my friends insist on it. I think it's, you know, they're, they're so, like, fucking stoned and fucked up. You know, everything's out of focus. I work uh -huh. with definition film now. Love it. Took me a second. I will not work with high definition film. Don't even get me started on tweaking definition film. Oh yeah, I got you. Yeah, the, oh, the, the worst is way too high definition films because <laughs> right. you, they're not focused and uh, you, they lose the plot and like they switch stories. It's just you know. Make I got you. Uh oh, okay, Scotsman's washing. She has lured him into like her relative's apartment in the city. She's got him to take a shower, and now she's snicking. She's snicking. She's stealing the rose. Now we'll get some. Oh, we didn't get like a bad driving joke. She's driven away with it. These are the the relatives who are arriving home. I was so, gonna say, like they just left this. Literally, this guy is hanging. They left this guy hanging. See, he's hanging right now, his balls. <laughs> now, look, you see those ducks? Yeah. I don't know. Somehow those aren't the ducks that the rest of the people go for. But they're English ducks. They're traditional. They're ceramic. Those look like bathroom tiles to me. I'll show you what I mean later. I love it. They go in, there's the Scotsman showering in their house. So if it's common, then that's the easiest item in the, in the scavenger hunt. Yeah, what he's saying right now is, I've got me me squatter's rights. <laughs> no, he's not. He's embarrassed, and he's mad at uh, the girlfriend. Right. Annabella. Annabelle Nash. Annabelle Nash. Annabelle Nash? Anna Nash? <laughs> I, A Nash? No. Nash. no. She, look, she was only in that Bond spoof that casino royale and yeah let's not talk about let's not talk about that movie yeah why i got other ones in that movie all right no go ahead i, I want to hear the other ones why we're not talking about it it's a really hard movie to sit through yeah i know i i never finished it myself i don't know i have no memory of it anymore because i finished it i said listen I, i've been watching this half ass for 25 years i'm just gonna watch it all the way through and i went what a waste of my life <laughs> Like I did it right. Ba ba da 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 da. Ba da da da. It has a good theme song, at least. 
It was multiple directors directing Casino Royale as a parody yeah. of James Bond with different people. Of course, Woody Allen playing Jimmy Bond, his cousin. I don't, I see, I remember, I tell you, I've seen that film, uh, but I must have quit on it because I don't have, Yeah, no, I it's know tough. he was in it. Well, it was also Orson Welles and John Huston. It was like every like pop 60s kind of jokey. It was the, uh, you must be joking of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was two I, years later. I must have just dismissed it, uh, even though I might have seen it. I don't know. But that's how bad it sucked. I guess it's really hard. And when they actually did the Daniel Craig version, I was like, "Took me." I said, "I'm not going to watch it." And then when I saw <laughs> it, <laughs> I was relieved. You know. Okay, so he's got this ploy that he's with the. Uh, uh, what was that Kennedy organization where you, the kids would go uh, help? Peace Corps. The Peace Corps. He's got this scam going where he's in the Peace Corps and he's collecting stuff. And, you know, even these ducks, because they sell them for money. Anyway, he luckily opened up the door on a sexy one. Right. Like, why don't you come inside? Mm-hmm. You know, like... She is very sexy. Leavage out. Yeah. So she's got a lower class accent like that, but she's got the ducks on her wall. That's what he's here for. You see him? Yeah, I see it. Nice view. Yeah. First time I ever saw him, I was quacking up. So he saw the married, uh, that she's married. Yes, just now. <laughs> Amazing. I love that dress. Lingerie dress. It's a corset. Your work must be very interesting, I eh? Peace Corps. Oof. Uh, what? Uh, well, darling, I innocently popped over to take you to lunch. <laughs> oh, is it like, oh, not again, dear? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Uh, You've seen this movie and this scene. I did, but you know what? This movie didn't offer closed captioning, so I was at, I lost at sea half the time. I'm talking to the bird, Gaffner. All right, yeah, oh, you, you routed me. Wait. I saw this movie. Yeah. I love it. Like, no expense spared. We'll go to your friends in flat and shoot the scene. And we'll just smash all these. Yeah, that's right. You. Oh, this is where you leave. He's like a bland Dick Clark. Yeah, he doesn't. I guess how else is he supposed to respond? Oh, come on. <laughs> you know what? Do you think he's Luke or Owen or Andrew uh, Wilson? Um, he's the one in church ball. Andrew. So he's an Andrew Wilson. He's got no spark. He's got I, no. I would say he's Luke. Maybe Luke uh, is just phoning it in. There it the is. That's all one. he wanted. The weakest one. Look, he's got one of them. Now, yeah. look, somehow he's got a net. Probably just right. read it in the script. Where did he get the net from? Maybe when he was coming out of the lake. Right. I don't remember him walking in with a net. Right. The um, 
I guess it was in his sack, but the uh, the fishermen would be the place to get him to have that net, net, but they didn't do that in the script. I keep a net with me. Oh, look at that. Another obnoxious swipe. That right. was a vertical well, swipe. They're trying to be goofy. They're trying to be... Okay, here we have our ongoing joke. The, the one joke. Yeah, and they're like, goodness, Craig, how you do keep at it. Please sit. It's not often I can speak with the ranks, so to say. <laughs> so he goes like, tell me, do you think the army's everything we promise in the adverts? <laughs> oh, it's cracked up to me. He goes, yes, sir, for the opportunity, sir. Like, like this one right now. And then they arrest him. <laughs> Keep it up, chap. I'm rooting for you. Oh, here they come. Damn it. I, uh, oh, yeah. Did hey. you see me in my fair lady? Hasn't happened yet, but stay tuned. <laughs> I validated my parking, guys. It's, it's a little drastic. <laughs> Isn't he dressed like the valet? <laughs> oh, he, yeah, right. I, okay, so, so he's, here we are down at the Greyhound track, and our staff sergeant is once again doing a requisition for him and buying a rabbit. 